Have you ever thought about that while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb? I did. I actually bought two homes in Albuquerque that I Airbnb'd, and it was just an amazing investment, honestly, because, you know, as you are accruing value in your property, you are also making money on the Airbnbs. It's amazing. So your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila is a must-have. It's an award-winning tequila. It's infused with real juice, with real fruit, which means the flavors are built in. It's real. So you need like two or three ingredients to make your perfect cocktail. Hey, um, you know how I'm always trying to keep my house parties exciting? New cocktails? <laughs> do you? Yeah. Okay, well, here's something that's going to flip the script. Okay. All right. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about this, right. Oliver Hudson. Yeah, 21 Seeds is an award-winning tequila that's infused with juice from real fruits. You only need two to three ingredients to make the perfect cocktail. Wait a minute. I think I know what brand you're talking about. You know why? Yeah. Because 21 Seeds is founded by two sisters and their friend. It's female founded. That's right. See? Sounds See like how I know? Something I can get behind. I know. Well, there's a good story behind that for sure. Listen, if you love tequila... You have to try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds Diageo, New York, New York. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And my name is Oliver Hudson. We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling rivalry. No. Oh, no. Sibling rivalry. Don't do that with your mouth. <laughs> Sibling rivalry. That's good. I'm really excited about this no, reveler. No, you're not. Revel in it. Revel in it. Revel in it. We need to do a revel in it intro. <laughs> I mean, I'm all about the intros. Revel. <laughs> <laughs> With a revel in it, yeah. Are you going to revel in this it? This is your revel in it. This is my, I brought so, Gabby on board. Right, and, and you know, for those who may not know or understand in this new... Are surf- you turning this into a competition? No, 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 but I'm not. I'm not. Because... I'm not, I'm not. But my point is, is that <laughs> the revel in it are the people who we... Yeah, who we're really into, into or... And we really or who, want to even know if we more s- about. Or, right, or we see and we're like, I want to talk to that person. Right, and we each have our own lists mm-hmm. that we're trying to get. So, yeah. like, this is your revel This is. It. This is what my revel in right. it, a Gabby Bernstein. Mine are she, gonna be a little different. She's a manifester. I did she so my my girlfriend Jen introduced me to her, not personally, but just through her work. Mm-hmm. And she had this thing called a manifesting challenge. And it was years ago, I think before I met Danny. Or maybe it was the year that I met Danny or something. But it was all she does this thing in the beginning of the year where you go and you do this whole manifesting thing, which then led me to her books. Mm -hmm. And she's all about, you know, spiritual teachings and her path. And she's a very interesting life, which we'll learn about. 
Um, but in these revel in it's, we just want to really talk to people that are inspiring or could inspire other people. Yeah. And or have inspired us. And in, inspired in us. In one way or another. And I love uh, manifesting as a practice. Well, I'm excited because manifesting for me. I'm a little skeptical because I just have to define the word a little bit more, meaning, you know, manifest like a jewel and it comes out of your (laughs) ear. You know what I mean? But I'm sure there are levels to manifestation. Sai Baba is the great manifester. I know. And I, you know, come on. (laughs) (laughs) What if Sai Baba just like showed up up right now and he was like, Oliver. Right. No. I mean, here is my, here's a jewel. Like I'm a, I love, I believe in magic of sorts. Mm -hmm. I got you. I got you. I believe in the power of positive thinking. I believe in positive affirmation, but I don't know. I, I, I'm going (laughs) to, if I wanted to manifest a job, like I've been trying. (laughs) (laughs) We we should have asked Gabby about manifesting like money. Like, come on, money. Yeah. Throw the dice. <laughs> that is that is not the definition of manifesting. But but we could get into that with right. Gabby. Yes. Um anyway, here this right, is our this is our revel in it with Gabby Bernstein. Open the door. We should do a door sound effect. <laughs> okay, Gabby, you are a number one New York Times bestselling author. You are a motivational speaker. You are a spiritual leader. Talk to us. Tell, give us a little bit of background as to like how you started this path and like what was the first thing where you're like, you know what? I want to help people live their best life. And did you graduate college? <laughs> I graduated college with a BFA in theater and definitely did not need to go to college. <laughs> Let's start with that. Let's start with the fact that I was like being taught to breathe throughout college and I was way too young to be understanding how to breathe at that time. So oh college God. was a bust for me. Uh. Um, so uh, I... I've, I think that I really knew and believed that I was meant to do the work that I do now and be a spiritual teacher in whatever form when I was 14. Okay. Mm. Okay. So I was at the time the president of the regional youth group at my temple. And I recall feeling very called to lead these weekends. Like we would do these like retreat weekends in the temple. And I would, be almost like this like teenage Sherpa, like leading these weekends and really lit up about the spirituality, not particularly the religion, but the spirituality. Uh, And I was also brought up in a really spiritual home. My mom, uh, in some ways kind of reminds me of what I think of your mom. Like my, my like perception of your mom is a little bit like, maybe it's like the archetype that I see her as. My mom's like super zany, major hippie, like would bring me to the ashrams when I was younger. I was named by the gurus. I was taught how to meditate. She would shut the door and incense would be pouring out of her room. So this is my vision of your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Not far off. Not far off. Not far off at all. Not far off, right? Like she was raised Jewish and then became a Buddhist. Right. Like, it, that's like pretty much very young. What, that's pretty yeah. much what Traveled went down in my house. to India yeah. for 25 years, hit up every yeah. ashram. Rinpoche, you know. sleeping over. Yeah. And I was mar- married being, by a Rinpoche. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we are cut from the same cloth here. And so that seed was planted at a really young age. And that was really a gift for me because 
while I had this beautiful spiritual foundation of learning how to meditate and being introduced to these principles, I also really felt and connected to spirit at that time. I would, when I would meditate, my extremities would go numb and I would feel really connected to something beyond my physical sight. And then I turned my back on that for probably my early adolescence and most into my high school and college. And I started to try to numb out some of the depression and anxiety. And I just, just like a normal teenager had a lot going on, but I was feeling deep feelings and I didn't want to feel those feelings. So I numbed out, turned into drug addiction, alcoholism, cocaine addiction by the time I was 25. Mm -hmm. The beautiful thing about that spiritual foundation is that it was there for me when I needed it most. And so when I recognized that this path of looking outside of myself wasn't working anymore, I knew where to go. And that's what yeah. I got. So, so I got sober 18 years ago and then really reignited my spiritual faith, my spiritual foundation. But do you think, do you think the reason that you sort of were trying, was trying, we're trying to numb so many things? Do you think it's because of, you know, just how sensitive you are, meaning as, as far as your intuition goes, as far as how, how, how you're taking on the energy of everyone else? Or is it trauma based or, you know, because I'm, I'm I'm not speaking from experience, but I feel a lot. You know what I mean? Like I'm very in like my intuition, and I just I my empathy. I feel so much that sometimes it becomes overwhelming, and then yeah. that's what my anxiety has stemmed from, amongst other things. And it's easy to sort of smoke a bunch of weed or drink a bunch of liquor or whatever, numb numb it out. You know, <laughs> the answer is all of the above. I too felt a lot. I also think, yes, having that kind of veil not being so thick, right? The veil was pretty lifted for me. And so I felt a lot of not only people and energy of people, but also the presence of energy beyond me. And so that was very overwhelming for me. But I also didn't know why I became a drug addict or an alcoholic until I turned 36. And so I was sort of under this belief that like, oh, I just went down the wrong path or I was really controlling and I was trying to control my life or whatever it was. But the addiction continued to follow me even into a decade into my sobriety. And it was when I was 36 that I actually had a dream and remembered sexual abuse from my childhood. And that memory was horrific and terrifying and if anyone has had a dissociated memory resurface, they know what I'm talking about. You kind of go back into the trauma in a pretty extreme way for a while. But it was also this huge relief because it explained everything. It explained why I was an addict. It explained why I was pushing so hard. It explained why I was so extreme. It explained why I had so much anxiety, so much fear. It explained why I was afraid of being in my body. And that began a whole other level of spiritual and personal growth and therapeutic development. And so I really started living at that point. Mm. So as you were going through this process, were you aware, did your life sort of immediately start to shift into like that, this being a calling for you to, to either help others or was or, or did your sort of principles and your teaching principles come after you had done a lot of that healing? Or was it like sort of happening simultaneously? I think, oh, no, it was happening simultaneously. Like I had, by the time I remembered this, I was 10 years sober. I'd written about six books. I'd been on Oprah. Like I had had, I'd built You're a career already as in a it. young spiritual teacher. Mm. And 
maybe I'd had like eight books at that point. You know, it was like, this was well on my way of being of service, giving, and frankly, doing it in the way that I could then. Mm -hmm. And I think that I've always taught from where I am, teaching from the seat that I'm sitting in now. So everything that came before that memory was exactly as it needed to be. And it was exactly what I needed to teach. And then everything beyond it has continued to develop and help me ground more in the work that I do. Take take our our listeners, or we were calling what were we calling them? Our revelers, our revelers, our revelers, our revelers. There's ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, now, one. Take, I'm one. I'm one. <laughs> <laughs> take us through what. Let's just. I want to get to the. I want people to know what it is that you do. Like I want. What are those key principles that you really? You know, if someone was coming to you being like, how how do I start my journey? Where where do I start? Where do I begin? Like, what is the Gabby way? Right. And maybe we can fold this into there because I'm interested in, we we already skipped through eight New York Times bestsellers and Oprah being your best friend. Like, where do, (laughs) how do we get there? Like, what was the moment, you know, where it's like, oh shit, I'm going to write a book and all of a sudden, oh, whoa, bang, here we are. You know, it actually brings me back to a question that Kate had asked earlier. I was going to answer it. You were like, well, when did you know that you were meant to do this? I always knew when I was 14 years old, when I was, when I was doing drugs, like I remember being in my studio apartment in New York City on 13th Street and like the garbage cans were outside my window and it was just, just chaos. Maybe it was like three o'clock in the morning and I had this stack of self-help books next to my bed. It was like Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay and all of these beautiful spiritual books and journals and journals and journals. And I was high on whatever drugs I was taking and I had a bunch of strangers in my apartment and I pointed at the books and I was like, I'm going to be a motivational speaker and a self-help book author. <laughs> and whoever was in the apartment that I was like, yeah, nice fucking try. And so, yeah, but I knew, I knew it was a intuitive knowing. It was a psychic knowing. It was a purpose knowing my, my, I have a, uh, I have a mantra that I live by. It's this Joan of Arc quote. I am not afraid I was born to do this. And so it's almost like my soul has known. I've been in this body in this lifetime with a strong knowing that this is what I'm here to do. And a knowing that through my recovery and my healing, I will teach, I will heal. That's how I teach. That's how I do it. I, I go first. I say, hey, I've lived through addiction. Okay, here's how I got through that. I've been through workaholism. Here's how I get through that. He survived depression and anxiety. Here's how I've done that. And then, you know, trauma recovery. And so I don't think anything's an accident. I think my whole life, as much as I do believe we have free will in this lifetime and we can choose the path we go down, I do believe that we also make that choice before the soul comes in. I think we say, I'm going to come in and do all this i feel like there's a predestined we we, we were talking we were actually talking about this over thanksgiving like is there free will or are when it comes to sort of the quantum physics of things like are we truly predestined Free will. like when i got really drunk and smacked you in your face and you were like oliver stop it oh that almost was the end of our that was free i was was almost disowned you as my brother (laughs) but i feel like well that was like like intoxicated free will it's a little different (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i'm here to help people by the way i really do i think think i'm in the wrong line of work i think i think i love that quote because i think 
we all can lean into that quote more. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. everybody is if they're tuned in to like their purpose mm-hmm. that you if you could really lean into that, then you will be yeah. living what you're. It must feel so gratifying to help so many people. You know what I mean? It's got to be an amazing, amazing feeling. And Wait, we're not so going to get Let's in, get into I know, this. We, I know wait, real quick, but I went to Hoff, this place called the Hoffman Institute, which we're not going to talk about, but it was incredible for me. <laughs> you should talk, talk about it here whenever you're ready. <laughs> we have too many times. Every but episode. I talked about it on the podcast a bunch and I get these letters because when you're in Hoffman at the end, you got to write these letters of how you heard about the place and, and, and it's a letter of gratitude. I have so many of them and I cry every time I read one. Because I'm like, holy shit, I'm the catalyst for this person potentially changing mm-hmm. their life. Mm-hmm. And it feels so amazing. <laughs> and I can't even imagine, like, you, you, like, you've probably changed millions of lives. It's amazing. Well, I think that you and made it, a lot of money you, all at the same time. <laughs> Look, you know, I think that it's not about how many people's lives we change. It's about changing our own life. And as a result our change ignites change in others, period. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So by whether it be expressing it and talking about Hoffman and then inspiring other people to do it, or in in this, um, as a motivational speaker, there's this saying that's you go first. So you tell your story and it Mm -hmm. literally lights everybody up to say, yeah, me too, me too, me too, me too. And I think that we've seen that in many different movements. We've seen that in many different ways. And so by living to tell, we all have the power to express that truth and then express then help other people recognize it in themselves. Mm-hmm. So in my case, I don't I don't really see when people come up to me and they're like, oh, you changed my life. I'm like, or you saved my life, or you would I would say absolutely not. I just told you a story. I told you a story, I gave you some direction, I told you what worked for me. You did the work, you read the book, you did the exercises, mm-hmm. you followed the path, you whatever it might have been, you took the course. And so we just begin the conversation. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. It's a fun time of year because everybody's starting to gear up. You've got spring break happening soon. You've got summer happening soon. Everybody's thinking about their vacations. My number one source for where I might even go in the world, Airbnb. I've got spring break. I'm shooting. I only have four days. Where am I going to go? I go on Airbnb and that usually is like, oh, there's a good house. I love that. Let's stay there. If you are someone who travels a lot or even has an empty room in your house, consider hosting on Airbnb. It's a lot easier than you might think, and it's also a great way to make some extra income. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Let's get into the nuts and bolts of this a little bit. The meat so, and potatoes. The, the, yes. Yes. You know, what What are the key principles for you that's like the foundation, the starting point? Like someone says, I need to shift my life. I need to change. You know, I, obviously everybody's circumstances are different, but I need help. I yeah. need to where, you know, like my, my life feels like it's Stuck. missing purpose. Right. What? Where do you start with with you know the people you work with or when you're talking when you're when you're when you're doing your motivational speaking that actually is the first step them coming and saying i need help whether they buy the ticket and come to the talk or they pick up the book or they listen to the podcast or whatever they do that is the first step because without that willingness and that desire to change nothing is possible oliver had to want to go to hoffman right? Um, sometimes people are forced into recovery, but that's that that often doesn't work, right? What works is when you have the desire and the will to change. And so uh, that would be the first step is really, really claiming that. And when you pick up that book or when you show up in a seminar, go to Hoffman, it's like signing a sacred contract with the universe. It's saying, yeah, I'm a yes for healing. And that opens an invisible door and then if you stay in that yes, that would sort of be the next step is like, stay in that yes. So maybe it's just simply sending an intention every day saying, I'm ready for more healing. And I'm ready for a little bit more healing. And I I've, I believe that genuine growth and spiritual development and change, the change that we want, whether it's getting clean and sober, whether it's healing trauma, whether it's healing from a a relationship, whatever those changes are that we want to create in our life, they can't happen like that. They have to be lots of little right actions. And when we take those small, subtle steps every day, then we start to literally change our neural pathways because we're repeating something new, opening our minds to a different thought form. And we're giving ourselves grace and compassion as we heal. Because if you just try to like dive in, rip off the Band-Aid, it's too extreme. It's way too extreme for the parts of you that are not ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like those small steps. I'm always like, everybody who has this, this, um, you know, I, I'm all for an end game. I'm all for like, you know, the three-year plan, the five-year plan, the 10-year plan. Like, I think it's good to have a sort of uh, like a, an, uh, a long distance look but you can't get to any long distance if you're not taking those first few steps and staying present in all of those steps because you're going to pivot. There's going to be detours. There's going to be obstacles, you know, and and so those little small things that are the beginning steps, you don't even realize how powerful they are. Um, I remember, uh, you know, usually for girls, it seems like those moments happen out of relationships. Like you have a relationship, it's gone south. They, you know, you, you're, you're, you have a series of bad relationships and then you're finally like, I, I need to find myself mm-hmm. <laughs> for women. Mm-hmm. And then what you realize when you really take certain, certain, a, a deeper look is that there's things about your life and your patterns that you haven't even recognized. Totally. And what what I like about some of the work that you've done is like really leaning into some of those patterns, right? Like you you do you you the like you're saying the first step is like realizing why you're there, but then like 
you're going to, we're going to go deeper into what your own personal spiritual path is. Totally. And and I think also what you're saying is that whatever your bottom might be, whether it's breaking up whether in a relationship or addiction or personal something, there's this beautiful Ama quote that I love. And it's, when an eggshell cracks from the outside, it's broken. But when it cracks from the inside, it's reborn. And so when we have these mm-hmm. moments of cracking open, whatever form, you know, I was 25 and I hit my knees and I was like, God, I need a miracle. And that opened the door for my recovery or remembering a trauma, whatever it might be. Those meltdown moments are the miracle moments. Mm-hmm. And so when people are first starting out on this, these types of journeys, it usually is when the shit hits the fan. It's like, oh no, I don't, I, I, I broke up with that and I can't go on and I want to die. And it's those moments where we just literally can't breathe yeah. that we're given that opening. When things are just sort of functioning, we stay in that managing of our life and that is fine. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, that's boring. I well, think. You know, <laughs> well, it's funny <laughs> you say that because, you know, I, I, I'm prone to anxiety since my twenties. It's been crazy fucking gnarly. And then I get through it on Lexapro. Then I went on and my story is long and boring, but you know, I, I, I understand that world. And, um, I'm a hard worker when I'm not feeling good. I am meditating every day. I am writing gratitudes. I am in the fucking bam. And then the minute I start to feel better, I'm like, great, done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. And par- yeah. and, but part of, part of my wish is, and it's not a wish, it just needs to be done, is that I actually stick with it. Well, but that's what everything is. I have, but that's I have also- an answer to your wish. Are you ready okay. for this? Yeah. Just if you just, dig it and if you're into it. Well, so- what, one of the things is that everyone has that wish, right? Everybody's sort of like, well, how do I stay consistent? How do I do one small thing a day? What is that mm-hmm. one small thing a day? And so I've had this built this whole life around those one small things. So I took all those little small things and I put them, I actually started the Gabby coaching app and I'm going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. And in the app, it's like these little moments to just dip in and titrate in and then go on with your day. And then you Mm -hmm. titrate in a little bit more and you go on with your day. And I say to my app users, it's really a coaching membership, right? I say to them, even if you just open the app and listen to me read you the affirmation in the morning, that's your small action. Mm-hmm. And so the consistency, the consistency, and sort of the repetition. Um, I'm studying Spanish with Duolingo. Yo estudié español con una aplicación Duolingo. Come manzana. <laughs> ¿Tú hablas español? No, come manzana. <laughs> Uh, okay. I, mean, I, I, I eat he an apple. apple. I can he eat an apple. That's it. I was doing um, Italian on Duolingo, by the way. Exactly. So yeah. you've, yeah. you know, sort of Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. When, and so just like Duolingo, I'm like I'm I'm really seeing this app as sort of the self help Duolingo. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like the less little less gamification, but you get in and you just do a little bit every day. Yo estudio 10 minutos anoche, see? So I don't, I 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. And mm-hmm. that is helping me in seven, in four months, habla español. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Hablo, es, hablo español. So, yeah. <laughs> or hablar español, to speak Spanish. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, is that these little moments and these little things. So I'm going to give you the Gabby app. I'll make a meditation for you for anxiety. Yay. And the thing is, there's this whole section called the Get Gabby section where you can literally go in and it's like, Get Gabby. And in the section, there's like feeling anxious is the first one. And it's a two minute practice 
for anxiety. I can teach it mm. to you today too. Yeah. And then there's, you know, want to pick up a drink, get Gabby, right? This woman told me the other day that her daughter was like 16, having anxiety. They've been using the app together. And that her daughter was like screaming in the middle of the night. I think she was having a nightmare. And her mother goes in and she was like half awake, half asleep. And she was like, get Gabby, get Gabby. Like, <laughs> get Gabby, get Gabby. And I was like, and then, and then I think that she did. I, like, I literally think that she turned on a meditation to go back to sleep. But, but the point the point is, is that I wanted to democratize these tools and make them like the Duolingo for self-help. Because why should someone just because they have the resources and the you know the and the ability to go to Hoffman right or the privilege mm-hmm. of being able to go to a Hoffman mm-hmm. or the resources to have a therapist or a life coach or whatever or even get into a yoga class I mean so many people don't have that and mm-hmm. so to be able to make this more accessible to people is my intention mm-hmm. and those small right actions and staying consistent with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, because you did your sort of like, do you still do your New Year's kind of? You've been talking to Jen, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, well, I did it with Jen one year. You did it. You did uh-huh. it. I think I think that Jen Meyer is my pro bono publicist. <laughs> really, I mean, probably all of us. Frankly, she loves people, and she is just the most one of the most beautiful humans I've ever met. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she she loves my manifesting challenge. That's coming up. That it's actually in the app, so I'll give it to you. Give you that you can do it in the app now, but um, it's it's 21 days, which hopefully would give somebody that inspiration to keep going. Well, and let's some- talk about the manifesting challenge yeah, for a second, and then I want to challenge fun. it after this. This is fun. Sort of take Oliver and our listeners through like what what that is. So in the beginning of the year, you do the manifesting challenge, and it's basically. I mean, you explain it. I could explain it, but you yeah. explain it. You're. I love that you did you're it. You're Gabby. Okay. So January 1st is yes. the first day of the year. And it's a time when we're super primed and we're ready and we're wanting to to show up for ourselves. So I've, for, I've, for about four or five years now, I've done a 21-day manifesting challenge. And it's small, like five, six, seven, maybe sometimes 10-minute audio lessons, followed by some journaling prompts. Sometimes there's little things where you'll, like, you know, write a letter to the universe and bury it. And there's like little actionable things. But it's it's fun and it's actionable, but it's super deep. Like everything I do is deep. It's, it's, it's just that I'm a very good translator. I'm really good at demystifying big things. So I am a deep spiritual teacher who's really good at making complicated things simple. And so that's what I'll do with these these challenges. And it takes these concepts of really helping you recondition your thinking and claim your yes. What are you a yes for? And open up to shifting your energy and meditating on a vision. And one day at a time, this cumulative effect of really owning what you desire, becoming unapologetic about what you desire, bringing momentum to that desire, bringing spiritual connection into your life. And people have reported the most unbelievable results from the challenge, things like manifesting babies and green cards and relationships and jobs. And even some people reporting back, like I lost my job and that was the best manifestation ever because it put me on the path of my purpose. And really the most valuable results often are just the people that are like, I feel spiritually connected now. It's a fun time of year because everybody's starting to gear up. You've got spring break happening soon. You've got summer happening soon. Everybody's thinking about their vacations. My number one source for where I might even go in the world, Airbnb 
I've got spring break. I'm shooting. I only have four days. Where am I going to go? I go on Airbnb and that usually is like, oh, there's a good house. I love that. Let's stay there. If you are someone who travels a lot or even has an empty room in your house, consider hosting on Airbnb. It's a lot easier than you might think, and it's also a great way to make some extra income. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Now, for those who are skeptical about manifestation, because I get that a lot, because I I feel like I feel like I've manifested everything in my life, but just based in in my almost almost like my personality profile, but also because I'm very intentional in the things that I do. So, like, but when people are skeptical about manifestation, how do you explain it to them? How do you define manifesting to them? Simply put, every thought that we have has energy behind it. So if you're thinking a high vibrational thought, you're elevating your energy. You're elevating the energy of the people around you. When you elevate the energy of the people around you, you create more possibilities in your life. You attract more people to you. You attract opportunities for for employment. You just you're fun to be around. The more fun you have, the more joy you bring, the more you connect to what we all have, which is our super attractor power. And that power is in all of us. We just either block it or embrace it and magnify it. And so we block it when we're in addiction or in judgment or in uh, really just unhealthy states. And it's not that that it, even in the darkest moments, we can still be using manifesting principles, right? So at 25, getting clean and sober, I wanted to get clean. Was I manifesting a life beyond my wildest dreams within the first 90 days of my recovery? No, but what I was manifesting at that time was sobriety, right? So in any, no matter what our circumstances are, and I this may be really controversial, but even in the darkest moments, you have examples like you have uh, Gandhi or individuals who've lived through extreme circumstances, but have had extreme impact because of the thought forms that they've chosen. Now, that's not all. Look, for some of us who have the privileges of being able to live these amazing lives and have all of it in front of us, we owe it to those who don't to really elevate our thoughts, to elevate our energy, to enjoy our lives. And again, it happens, it's available to us even when we're in those dark moments. So it's proactively and consciously healing our belief systems because we manifest what we believe. And so as we, as we heal, as we go to Hoffman, as we listen to this episode, as we read a self-help book or do a manifesting challenge or 
commit to 20, 30 days of yoga practice, whatever that may be, we're committing to a new thought form. We're reprogramming the neural pathways in our brain. We're changing. Right. Mm-hmm. And and now we know that those are science. It's, uh, it is a, it, it's, it's now based science. in science. It's all yeah. science. Right. Well, the manifesting part, look, I, 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 I go both ways with this stuff. Like when I might, when I am in like a sort of that dark hole that you're talking about, the negativity sort of shifts or, or it comes into more into my, right into my face. Right. And you think, oh, everyone says, well, just think positively. You know what I mean? Manifest this, manifest that. Da, 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 da. I'm like, Okay, that's well, a fuck you to somebody who's having a biochemical sure. condition. Sure, yeah, yeah, no yeah, answer. no, no doubt, no doubt. But when I do start to come out, I understand that letting go really sort of just allows you to feel more at ease in the day, and you're looking at things and being having gratitude towards things that you normally wouldn't have. Which mm-hmm. that in turn is being a positive person, and your energy is better. It's bigger. It's out there, right? understand that i can feel that but part of me though is like with the manifest like how come everyone's not rich how come everyone you know how many people you, no, you know but well, you know how many people think positively and try to ha- manifest and bring good things to them and really and it just doesn't fucking happen right like, so there's eight there's billion people answers. in the world there's a lot there's, of manifesting that's not happening yeah. there's two things there's two questions so first of all i think that what you're saying about Having when someone's having a biochemical condition, like an anxiety disorder or depression, to say to that person, meditate or think better thoughts, mm-hmm. that's literally like the biggest fuck you to that person. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I didn't understand that until I lived it. I lived, I had suicidal postpartum depression, which really just magnified an anxiety disorder that I didn't even that I'd been managing for so many years. Mm. And so w- while I was not able to really tune into my super attractor power in the darkest moment of my life, what I could do was consistently lean into, I want to get more help. I want to get more help. And as I started to consistently open my heart to more and more help, I manifested help. Mm -hmm. And so even though you may think, okay, well, I'm in this dark moment, but I'm not manifesting. Well, what are you trying to manifest? You can't be at your lowest low trying to manifest like complete and utter transformation. You can Mm -hmm. manifest help. Mm -hmm. You're like, God, I'm really depressed. Like, I want to manifest a Rolls Royce. Like, well, when I did, when, what, when I was, I think, when I was doing Nam Myoho Renge Kyo and I was doing Nichiren Daishonin Buddhism and I was in that world for six months with my ex-girlfriend, Vanessa, eventually I was going to all these meetings. And I'm like, I don't like this. Everyone's like, do you want like a new Rolls? Just say Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. <laughs> Is that and what we, I do? <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no I swear to that. God, I'm not joking. That happened all the time. Well, maybe you were like, going to the wrong weird. meetings. Well, I think no, that's my, another my, point. There's a lot of like BS spirituality out there. And so you you can get people in the door when you say manifesting or you say the law of attraction or you tell people about the power that they have. But my intention mm-hmm. isn't to teach people magic tricks. My intention is to teach people how to change the way that they feel. Because yeah. the simplest thing is when you change how you feel, that's how you change your life. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes the brain... When, when, you know, I think uh, uh, some teachers will say, when you desire an outcome, if you focus on that outcome, oh, you know, mm-hmm. keep focusing on that outcome. I want to be, let's just, let's just say, I want to be a, uh, uh, a flautist. I want to be a Nobel Peace Prize winner. I want to be a Nobel, I want to win a Nobel Prize. I want to win it. I want to, what happens is, is that as you start doing certain manifestation practices, kind of veers you away 
from this concept and and what it should be doing if you're with either the right teacher or you're doing the right you're in inside of the practice in the right way is that it, all of a sudden it leans you into the things in your life that you that you do need more of like oh like i want to be more open and curious or like i want to read more i want i oh i'm actually far more interested in reading this book than i am watching this program on television it starts to shift the focus is and then that end game prize be, isn't what you're manifesting you're actually manifesting a better way for for you a desire to live i think that's i think that's cuz this idea like oh i'm going to manifest like the great you know like ultimate wealth like that's not what it's going to you're not you know i know but people do try to do that i'm just saying that's that's sort of where the skepticism of this concept of manifestation when you say like, oh, I'm going to manifest. Manifesting is this idea that, you know, when you think of something, when you put when you put the uh, this is my own personal relationship to it, when you put it in a, a, a momentum to move forward, it's telling your brain, oh, we're, this is the direction in which we're moving. And when you say I need help. That's the direction in which your brain starts yeah, to move. Yeah, no, and I'm playing devil's advocate, meaning I've practiced all of these things, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, I'm a realist and a spiritualist, if that's even a word. You manifested your boat. Well, I just <laughs> asked a lot. No, but my point, though, is 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 just more of a, a realistic look at it when you have this many people in the world who are trying to manifest and who are who are doing it, you know, in their in the, with the best intentions and it just isn't working. You know what I mean? They're no, not getting to where they want the, to get that to. Really, the secret of manifesting is to forget what you think you need and really focus on how you feel. Because mm-hmm. when we when we are in a space that's free inside and we feel unburdened from our past and we've done the work, the inner work to heal that wreckage from our past and to come out the other side. That's when we reclaim who we really are. Mm -hmm. We reclaim that innocence that we were born with Mm because when we're born, we're really, we're, we're born into this world. And then we pick up all of these different experiences that some of which are super extreme, some are more extreme than others, but they're still extreme nevertheless. And they become these feelings that we just try to manage and override for the rest of our life with anxiety or with addiction or with relationships, manage, manage, manage. And that just blocks that natural innocence. So when we actually do start to do the heavy lifting of really therapeutic support, self-help support, and then being in that curious, as Kate said beautifully, curious connection inward, that's when we start to feel a shift inside. Mm-hmm. And that shift is what manifests, not some vision board and not mm-hmm. some repeated thought. It's the inner change inside of you. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot that I was able to manifest in my life because I believed it and because I was moving towards it and taking taking actions towards it. But the greatest manifestations in my life have been the ones that have been just come into my life naturally Mm -hmm. in a free-flowing state just feeling and trusting and there's this beautiful message i keep quoting all these beautiful messages but there's one that is from this text of course in miracles and the message is those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety Mm -hmm. and so when we just start to tend to our inner world you want me to say it again (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. say it again say it again 
Those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. Right. And that certainty only so comes. Anxiety, I'm not certain of the outcome. <laughs> well, there is one. Out- this is where I go. Yes. The outcome being when we do that work on ourselves that we re- and we start to recognize freedom really to me means that we recognize that no thing, no amount of money, success, person, lover will give us the freedom inside that we desire. I know mm-hmm. that. I've yeah. had it liberation. and I still haven't felt free. Yeah. Right? It's the devotional commitment to healing the wounds and the blocks that hold you back from living in that freedom. And yeah. that's why I write self-help books, because I know that not everybody's going to have, you know, Deepak on speed dial like I might, right? Or like be able to, you know, have a mother like we had. That's not the norm. The norm is push it down, numb it yeah. out, don't feel it. I think it's also it's also really interesting when you when you do when you're like I I'm a tra- I love to travel I love to see the world I love to go to you know I love to, to to talk to people all over the world and what you realize is like it doesn't it at the end of the day when you get to the like core the spiritual core of every single human it doesn't matter where you you can't gauge someone's trauma or someone's pain or someone's anxiety or someone's like why they feel liberated or why are they so happy why do they find such contentment you can go all around the world and see people of completely different socioeconomic backgrounds completely different cultures and you can tell there are just doesn't matter what you have or where you come from there are certain people who are who who ha- who are connected to their spiritual core brings them a sense of contentment and, and, and liberation that someone who seemingly has it all can't quite grasp. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many people do you know? You guys know so many people who have it all and they're fucking miserable. I oh, imagine yeah. that you know them all, oh, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah. really, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, no, well, no, of course. I think is, I, I find it, I find. We're all so lucky just breathing and living. Right, but what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to say like, that is something I think everybody, no matter where you come from or what your experience are, of course, that is if, you know, taking, taking, you know, trauma, certain kinds of trauma out of the equation. Um, but, but, but that there is a very relatable thing across the board, which is people actually connecting to that place inside of them that makes them feel truly liberated. That can right. only truly exist in the simplest form of how we live spiritually. I can really just speak for myself in that I can say that the spiritual foundation is the thing that's carried me throughout my life through a lot of ups and downs and sometimes things that I wouldn't wish upon anyone. But it was when I committed to really becoming courageous and brave enough to connect to the parts of myself that I had been pushing down for a lifetime, for you know decades, when I made that commitment to courageously turn inward, that's when that freedom started to come into my life. And that was spiritual recovery, therapeutic recovery, addiction recovery. And literally what I'm most proud of in my about myself is my courage to change, my courage to heal. And I wrote this, my my ninth book was a book called Happy Days. And 
it's the guided path from trauma to profound freedom and inner peace. And I've written a lot of manifesting books, right? Like I've written The Universe Has Your Back and Super Attractor. It may cause miracles and all these books I'm manifesting. And people love those books. They want the universe. They want the super attractor. But when I hold up Happy Days, which is like a book that maybe didn't sell as well as those other manifesting books, but I can hold that book and I can say to somebody, this is my greatest manifesting book that I have. Why? Because it teaches you how to do the inner work. You could do all that manifesting spiritual and you will have change. But the lifetime change, the massive radical change happens when you start to address the parts of you that live in fear, the parts of you that are so anxious, the parts of you that need your attention. Oh, yeah. And by the way, you know, it's not a one and done. And I know that just even from being in Hoffman, like you can dig up and you can go through this process, which I did. And then there's this euphoria that you feel for like two or three weeks. It's this honeymoon phase. And then all of a sudden life creeps back in, you know, when it's that deep. You're always going to be dealing with it. And that's what they tell you, too, when you go there. They're like, you're not cured. No one's cured. You're just given the tools to deal with this shit as it comes up now. You know, you've done the work. You've done the digging. You've uncovered the treasure, so to speak. And they discovered that the relationship to the work can be interesting and enjoyable and rewarding. That's right. Sure. That's right. And extremely difficult and angering. Right. Because but- you're like, oh, my God, why am I like this again? What happened? Yeah. You know? Because it's work. You have there, to keep working. Uh, again, we're, 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 we're like, this is like the quoting episode. But like, I also, one of my favorite quotes is contentment is a discipline. And mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. find that what you're saying, even if it's one little thing, but like those disciplines that you know that you connect with that make you, that connect you deeper to, to, to yourself or make you just feel a little bit better, make you feel like you've, uh, you're in that forward movement, mm-hmm. the motion. Well, I have, um, I have a quote. That I'm going to make up right now, <laughs> which go. is another, which is another way to live by. In a hundred million years, we're all going to be a ball of fire. So who gives a shit anyway? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's it's kind. Of, it's like sometimes I do that in my head. I'm like, well, yeah. we all have these I issues. Mean, we're all feeling these things. But in 50 million years, this is going to be a big ball of fire. Civilization yeah. will no longer exist, and all of these problems. Like, what? What? Why am I yeah. so crazy? Why right are we now? all? Why, why are, are we, we all so nuts? So nuts. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a good, that's a good, I mean, look, we're, we've been asking ourselves that from the beginning of time. It's books. It's called Ball of Fire. Gabby, you're the Ball of Fire. What do you think? Or Balls of Fire. What do you think about the Ball of Fire theory? I, mean, I, think you, I think you might want to consider writing a self-help book. And I'm totally serious right now. And I will totally help you if you wanted mm. to do this. Write a self-help book about the Ball of Fire. Yeah. And let it be just about really... What truly is it about? letting go it should be right. it should yeah. be only animated though it should just be a picture book <laughs> 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 <We> just- <laughs> i like ball of fire by ball the way. of fire is good it's a good title <laughs> i'm telling you i like it gabby for last question thank you so much for joining us i'm so happy can we talk to you more um offline uh at some point ball of fire collab is gonna be huge <laughs> but I'll just write the forward. I'll write the forward. Okay, the good, perfect. perfect. <laughs> okay. So, well, let's just start with this. I like this question, which is in the context of this rapidly changing world, uh, speaking of a world on fire, um, how do you see the role of spirituality and personal development in contributing to the global consciousness? Thank you for this question. I really appreciate it. 
I think it's go time. I think that those of us who have made a commitment to do inner work in whatever form that comes, whether it's through books and broadcast widely or even individually in your home, putting your child to bed at night. Those of us who've had the privilege of being cracked open in whatever form that is and opened up to a spiritual connection or a personal growth connection, it is our duty to share it. It is spiritual activism. When we tell a story, when we make that change, we ignite that light in somebody else. And so there's a lot of darkness that we need to transcend and transmute. And I don't believe that that can happen with one spiritual teacher, one author, one person. I think it happens on the individual level. I think it happens with anyone who's listened to this episode today and is like, I want to, you know, let that energy move through me. I'm going to take something I learned here and share it with somebody today or even share the episode, right? Or go to Hoffman, whatever it might have been. That inner shift happening for anyone listening has to be shared. And that's how it happens. That's how that shift occurs because it has to happen on a big, big global level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, so Gabby. True. You guys are so cute. I love you. It's nice to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 